Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Big Monday Show. The Big Monday Show is part of the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My name is Charles Simon. I'm the host of Big Monday. My co-host, Mr. Barry Spears, will be with us right after the break. We have a, a big show tonight for Big Monday. We have uh, a little discussion about stakes over this past weekend out in Del Mar and Aqueduct and uh, Churchill Downs where Maxfield made his final start, a winning one in the Clark. Uh, we'll talk about the Clark and uh, yeah, how I'm a little bit man, tough to come up with the word, but it's it's difficult to compare the Clark and the Breeders' Cup Classic and imagine they both have the same grade because uh, they don't seem to be in the same plane. But we'll talk about that and uh, a lot of other things, including the Barry's going to be here this weekend for the Climbing Crown down here in South Florida at Gulfstream. We have a little bit of Gulfstream news as well. So thank you for tuning in, and we will be back in just a minute. Pleasant Acre Farms, located just outside Ocala, Florida, is a full-service commercial breeding operation that has one of the top stallion rosters in the Sunshine State. Standing 10 horses, including sons of top sires such as Curlin, Harlan's Holiday, Unbridled Song, Scat Daddy, Canthros, and Twirling Candy, you'll be sure to find a great match for your mare at Pleasant Acres. Owned and operated by consummate professionals, Joe and Helen Barbazon, they provide clients with world-class services in all facets of the thoroughbred industry. Their commitment to quality is what allows Pleasant Acre Farms to pursue their passion for breeding champions. Check out their website at pleasantacrestallions.com or call 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Farms. Hello, Sniper. What's happening? You, uh, how are you faring in this uh, post Thanksgiving world. Cold. Honestly. A little, little chilly. I don't like that. Anything under chilly. I'm done. Anything under 70, I'm done. No like yeah. I, I hear you, man. It's uh it's a little cool here. Sure, no one wants to hear that up north where it's like 12, but free country, you're allowed to move. See? So, uh, we had a little bit of racing action to talk about Look, last weekend. Uh, quite a bit, actually. We had the final start in the, the career of Max. Eleven start. He never re- he never ran a bad race. He finished in the money. He really didn't starts. The eleven. Good. You know the injury gaps just really prevented him from ever getting a lot of momentum. And- well, and the fact he didn't face anybody really. <laughs> it's true. We talked about the great stakes and quote it. There's a better example in the field that Nick's go be was a field. But it's 
both of the field and Max Hill beat um, in a positive way. I mean, certainly the Breeders' Cup Classic is a far, 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 far tougher race than Clark, yet they're still both grade ones. And to me, that and that's not saying that there are races that plain and as such should should be identified as that. The, the true grade one race is uh, not much of an equivalent. The clock really not much different foster and it's not that much than the version of that we have now which isn't the version that exists when we were kids when it, the Dubai World Cup there was no Saudi no Pegasus um You know, the Met Mile, the, you know, the, those type of races. Extra designation. Classic races, of course. And you have to be a dummy not to understand that uh, there's a difference between those grade ones, you know, the, the, the normal grade ones. That's something that's been this. Yeah. So, uh, I just don't understand why this is set down. Doing things that make sense is something that this business has to start doing because a lot of things carry on because of tradition. Uh, I mean, it's not the biggest problem that we face, but it's a, it's a fixable problem, and I think that these rules need to be rewritten. Yes. And that's like a start. But I think that acknowledging that the Clark and the Breeders' Cup Classic shouldn't be on the same plane is, is where you start. And uh, I don't exactly know how to even get people talking about it because a lot of the people that are on the Greatest Stakes Committee are, are, are racing secretaries and directors of racing at various places. And, and those people generally are swamped. And have lots of lots and lots of issues. So, um, I don't see anyone else talking about it. So, I guess it's really not that big of a, a deal to most people. But I think sometimes, um, you know, I we think- need to, to spur that conversation on. And, and which is one of the reasons why I wrote about on Twitter yesterday about uh, the claiming the proposal in Heisa about capping claiming purses at 1.6 uh, times the the claiming price hmm. and, and that's not going to happen i can guarantee you it's not going to happen it won't happen as a matter of fact i've been told that it's it's already dead it's already dead on arrival isn't it right but uh, you know the thing that that to me that stood out talked about you know i mean that, it, it, these are the conversations that we need to have it's just alarming that that idea was even floated out there. Not even for the fact that it was a possibility, but just the fact that it went through somebody's head and, and it actually got consideration. It, it, it just blows my mind because it, it, why does that, how could that make sense to anyone in this business? You have to remember, I think this is important to remember that there's a lot of people in this business that don't think like you would think that they think. <laughs> uh, that sounds weird, but uh, a little Yogi Berra-ism. 
but <laughs> people that just don't get it. There's they just bad people. It just makes them in a lot of ways show people that are getting bad advice or people that are are, are not to listen to other points of view. Um, there was uh, um, put out last night, I think, about a horse that won a race <clears throat> recently. The horse had 10 high profile and the horse was only $125,000 a yearling meaning <laughs> high dollar uh, course that it wasn't a million dollar horse <laughs> right it, it was and and well one of the people who's involved with the ownership actually stated that he thought that having 10 high profile owners owning one horse with uh, a big trainer is growing and mm. it that would be the the opposite of growing the game and that and it was pointed out by someone else that hey you know it's, uh, not that long ago those 10 owners would all have a trainer and have a horse which would foster competition instead of everyone having a piece of a horse with one guy. Right. Right. It just, it, it, it seems like something that you can see right away. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but um, it, it just, how can you think that that grows the game? I, I just don't understand that when each one of those guys probably has the wherewithal to, to to have their own horse at that same price. Oh. Or multiple horses at that same price. That's better for the game than all of them under one, you know, chipping in and being on the same team for one horse. Right. I mean, it's it's just mathematics. And that's the thing is that so many times these arguments just battle down to math right it becomes a math problem that's the problem with super trainers the problem with super trainers is the math doesn't work when four guys control 250 horses each that's a thousand horses if you had 10 guys at 100 horses each that would be a better racing product if you had 20 guys at 50 horses each that would be even better racing product because you would have 20 different guys trying to win a particular race instead of having four. And that that becomes the issue. The The racetrack will say, well, we got an eight horse or a nine horse field anyways. Yeah, you got two from this guy, two from that guy, two from that guy, one from that guy, one from that guy. And then you hustle 200 to one shots. They don't see it as, hey, if we had these horses divided up, and, and in, in some places it's not necessarily the tracks doing in a lot of places it isn't in new york it is it's it's your fault new york it's it's definitely your fault you you relaxed the stall um limits and now guys can have pretty much as many horses as they want yeah (laughs) on your on your grounds so you were complicit with that and it's it didn't happen last week it didn't happen last month it's been an ongoing thing and You've said it a lot of times. Someone actually wrote to me today 
talking about your quote of, of of death by a thousand cuts, and and that's kind of that's kind of what it is, where where these things just become math equations, and people just don't want to see it at some point, or they throw their hands up and they say, "Well, what can we do?" Or, um, well, it's always been that way. Well, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Um, it, it's also like everybody thinks back in 1975, every stake race was was a overflow field. That's not true either. Yeah, they had races that would be 20 entered and they divided up in, in half. Or, um, I mean, I, I remember the opening day race at Dome. That uh, um, what's the race yeah. called? Uh, the the stake, right? The the Oceanitis or Ocean. Yeah. Oceanside. And the Oceanside and, always yeah. used to be divided. Every year it was divided. And I remember one year it was divided three ways. It was like 24 horses. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago when they had two divisions of it. Right. But, um, you know, when you see short fields and stakes now, people say, oh, well, yeah. Uh, that's not it. The short fields and stakes always existed. Secretary, maybe the most famous race in modern times was Secretariat's Belmont, right? Yep. Five horse field. Yes, he was 30 lengths ahead of everybody, but there was only four behind him. Um, it's not like people were saying, hey, let's take a whack at Secretariat going a mile and a half, right? No, nobody wanted to do that, especially back then where the purses were, weren't really all that great. But uh, it's it's the overnight races that are different. The New York bred two-year-old maidens used to be, uh, if if it didn't split, it had 18 in there. Um, and I'm not just picking on New York, other tracks as well. That's really the difference between now and, and the 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago is the overnight races don't fill the stakes. <clears throat> when there's a good horse, nobody's really all that eager to run against them. They did just the way it is. I mean, that's always been, uh, you know, look at, look at man of war, look at him at man of war is a, as a three-year-old. <laughs> you know, a lot of two, three, four horse races because nobody wanted to run against them, which of course is, is a show of respect. I mean, you know, you know, the and I know there was a couple uh, caveats to sex spectacular bids Woodward, but in the end, no one, no one entered the paddock and saddled a horse to race against them. He he was a walkover, which is uh, you can't tell much about a horse running in a walkover, but you can tell a lot about a horse. Uh, causing a walkover right so that that's like the ultimate sign of respect like we're not even going to run for a second <laughs> but anyways i thought maxfield ran well um you know i i've kind of been on his case for about six months now or, or, or longer but midnight bourbon still hasn't really I think he's a good horse, but I think he's a plotter. I still think he's a plotter. I think he's a horse that just, um, I think he'd be better going like a mile and three quarters, which is here's happen. Here's how I described him to somebody. I said that Midnight Bourbon is like the 4A baseball player. Yeah. Where he's too good. For probably grade three competition, some grade twos, but just not good enough for grade one. 
I just think he's, he's unless like, he goes longer. Like if there was like like you said a longer race, he'd probably be excellent. You know, like marathon type, like a mile and a half. And I don't know that he's gonna be a. You know, I mean, he probably never even run on the turf, but. Like, I couldn't you just see him like going to the lead in a mile and a half turf race and just galloping him to death, you know? Just, yep. Just like a great communicator type. Just go 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, 25. Because right, he just is... doesn't quicken in that last, you know, he, he just isn't that strong in, in his last, um, you know. Right. Like you said, he doesn't get any faster. He runs the same split. He, 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 always, he always gives up, he always gives up ground in, in the last. The last eight, he always does almost every race. And that was always my my knock against him is that he never makes up ground at the end. He always loses ground. So, you no, know, he's a good horse though. I mean, he's coming back, and there there yeah. should be a pretty solid group of four year olds coming back. I mean, surprisingly, of all times to have that right now, <laughs> you know, it's just weird because we haven't had it for a few years where you know everybody was three year old year and done. Right. I mean, so that's good. I mean, I, I'd like to see that. Um, you know, it would make for an interesting, quote-unquote, handicap division, but we'll see. Yeah, it'll be, in training. it'll be interesting to see how, I mean, Ron Bauer's kind of like the forgotten horse, right? He won the Breakness, and then it was... Um, Where's he been? <laughs> yeah, so he, he got, you know, he was... He was stopped on early in the summer, so uh, he's back in training, and I think Mandaloon's back in training, and mm-hmm. um, uh, what's his name is coming back. Life is good. Yep, is is, is going to train as a four year old. Uh, Jackie's warrior had knee surgery after the Breeders' Cup. He's going to come back uh, as a four year old. Though Swift thinks he's never going to race again. I'm not sure why, but um, that's his uh, the Swift opinion. Which of course you don't get on Twitter anymore. I was gonna say, how'd you get that opinion? <laughs> uh, right to the, I called Matt Ryan. He he related to me. <laughs> the old Falcons hookup. Him not being on Twitter is is bad because like when things happen, like the Knicks beat the Hawks, I can't needle him. You know, he's not there. Doing it, <laughs> doing it privately just isn't the same, right? Um. Medina Spirit, of course, will be will be coming back, I, and uh, it, it just looks it, it seems like there's going to be a really uh, strong contingent of four year olds, which hasn't really been the case over the last few years. And uh, Essential Quality is really the only horse that um, seems like he, he's right. You know, he's retired. Uh, that that you would miss, right? I mean. Kind of, but he, I mean, it was weird with him because, you know, I guess he was good when he showed up, um, you know, pre-Derby and then the Belmont, but I don't know. I, I, I guess I never deemed him like a, a superstar kind of horse. No, he, he never really, you know, the one thing about him was he won races and he won them, uh, and remember, we're, we're kind of nitpicking. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, when you look at his record, you'd be like, man. It's hard yeah, to what are you guys but talking about? <laughs> we're not really comparing him to, like, everyday horses. We're comparing him to the top of the top, right? And 
And like, like every player in the NBA is a great player, right? Every single player is a great player, but there's guys that, um, you know, Kemba Walker got benched today by the Knicks after, after signing him. And he's been a great player his whole career. Like he's been a great player in terms of NBA players. Right. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't have it anymore. Like he's just, he's like a horse that used to be a grade one horse that can't win in grade three company and really needs to run for 50 <laughs> and might not win there, but they, you know, but you know, we talk about players like, wow, this guy's no good. You know, this guy's no good. This guy's no good because they're no good compared to other NBA players. Right. Not us. They would, yeah. They would beat us a hundred to nothing, but. I mean, it's, it's, and that, that's sometimes what people get a little bit sensitive in this business. Oh, well, geez, you know, you'd like to have them. Well, yeah, I'd like to have them. Sure. <laughs> of course. I would like to have them. I'd like to have the, the owner's car, too, in their house. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's not, uh, that's not the question. The question is once you get to a certain level, well, then you get compared to other horses who are perceived to be at that level. And, and, and I guess it's kind of a, a convoluted way of saying that Essential Quality was a good horse. He, he won races in workmanlike fashion, but he wasn't flashy. And he, he didn't ever, uh, like, dominate races. And, and that, like you said, is nitpicking. But um, when you look back on the Travers now. Not such a strong race. Right, because of the horse he ran down who hasn't really come back in and and really done a whole lot since then. I mean, he's kind of been a little bit of a disappointment. And it's a good horse. I mean, listen, you know, we're, like I said, we're same thing with the bluegrass. three-year-old champion, but same thing with the bluegrass. Yeah. Right. He won the bluegrass. He, he outgamed the horse who I don't really think went far. Um, and who, oh, oh, again, who tailed off pretty dramatically after that race. Yep. Absolutely. But, um, he won it, right? I mean, he was a gritty horse, and he won a lot of races. And I think Medina Spirits is kind of in that category. And I think people, um, in some ways, a little overrated him a little bit based on his races against older horses. But those were soft races. But he is a tough horse, and, and I think he showed in the Breeders' Cup Classic that he is a really a grinder, right? I mean, he doesn't give up. Um and there's something to be said for that. And, and I think we're all looking for flight lines, right? We all want to be like, wow. Oh, my God. Uh, of course, I used to, we, we used to be impressed by track records. But nowadays, you know, <laughs> we, we, we got to wait for a week to figure out if the, the track record was actually <laughs> valid or not. <laughs> but I think that's what sometimes we get infatuated with, right, is the horses that dominate racers, that, that flash speed and, and, and just, you know, cruise by or horses that that just roll by and, and and win by by impressive margins and um you know it's just what you know I, I guess that's just what you're you're accustomed to to trying to see yeah i mean if you if you think about it 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 like essential quality's resume is probably in this day and age worthy of retirement because those are the kinds of horses that were retired kind of quote unquote on top a little bit. Um, But it seems like he could have improved as a four-year-old. I think, I think these, these, these three-year-olds turning four 
are probably going to be a lot better. It just seems like they have they have more you know more room for improvement as four year olds than they than they showed as three. Right, I agree. And and plus they're probably gonna you know you're gonna lose Nick's go probably after the Pegasus. Right. Yeah. Unless he sure. goes over, unless he goes over to like Saudi or or Dubai no, or something. He's, he's going but, to stuff. Right. Already, so that leaves been. things a little wide open, you know. Um, for one of these horses to kind of come into their own. Yeah, I and, agree. I, I think it's a really good, it has the makings of a really good year provided that everybody comes back and everybody, uh, you know, doesn't get hurt, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you never know horses get, get hurt and they, they get time off. They don't always come back at, at the same level. Sometimes they come back and, and they just lose a step or, or whatever, but, it really seems like there's there's some quality depth in that division, and that is uh, you know something that's been lacking in the older um, for a couple of years. Uh, even one in New York this weekend, the uh, the curl and uh, Miles D. Miles D. Yeah, look, winning that race, getting a, a, you know, a representative field, and he's for that for the 20 million dollars so you know he's a horse he's hard to buy the dad on the sheet number or but he had run some pretty good numbers and he seems to be a horse that player in the division as well so there's just a lot of and that just hasn't been there i mean essentially coming into um this year 2021 the best old go and he was like the only horse. <laughs> yeah, like the only like one that was, and, you know, he, <laughs> he was here briefly. And um, I mean, who else was there? <laughs> you know, like who else was there? Maxfield, Max Player, <laughs> maybe. What's the thing? The, the, uh, the Michael Stidham's horse that won the. the oh, Mystic Guide. Yeah. Right. But he, he but wasn't he around long. Right. right? He, he, uh, happy Saver kind of clunked around um what's his name max player like yeah max player he, max he player, blocked like, them in two races I mean, he was like dead and all of a sudden he won a couple of races only in new york the horse only runs in new york like anytime he runs outside of new york he just doesn't for whatever reason and uh but like you know he didn't do a thing in the breeders cup so I, i'm not sure still he's not going to stud but i, I don't and he seems like he's like limited to really going mile and a quarter and further in New York, which doesn't um, doesn't not give you a whole many. lot of options. <laughs> no, not too many options. <laughs> no. So I, I don't know what the plan with Happy Saver is. Um, I guess he's going to keep on training because it's pretty late in the game to announce uh, you're going to stud. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, he he's definitely formidable. He can jump up and win. On occasion, but he's not the best of them that are out there. But I, I think he he probably cashed some checks for sure, yeah. like he did the other day. He's another horse, so he really wants to go long court, right? Longer, yeah. But it should be a it should be a pretty decent. Uh, it should be a nice group of older horses, and that's something like I said, we haven't really seen much competition in that division in a while, so. Uh, I do believe that we're looking so far as 
and of course, this is just uh, an opinion. I mean, I don't really have any actual numbers outside of looking at like thoroughbreds and buyers. <clears throat> I don't believe this is a very strong group of two-year-olds that we've seen so far. No, doesn't feel like it. You know, kind of after seeing the you know year in year out, it just doesn't feel like you know so they're they're that strong. But that can change. Yeah, it, it certainly can change, and I, I was not, um, I was not blown away by the Kentucky Jockey Club. I, I thought it was it was all right. McPeak had a had a day. Yeah, he did. Um, um I think that uh, his horse that won the um, the Jockey Club Smile Happy, he he ran really well. I'm not going to take anything away from the horse. But I don't see that horse as being a player on the derby. He doesn't seem like, right? Yeah. I just don't know if that race was that. I just don't think that race was any good. I don't think anybody in there was really any good. I mean, the favorite was the creative cause horse on the rail. The number sprinting ran a decent number going two turns. I think he's a decent two turn horse, but I don't know that uh, that's Brian Lynch's horse that he's really a star type of horse. I can um, hear I can hear the Andy Byer in your voice when you say that. I looked at the Andy <laughs> Byer speed figures and I came up with this. Hear it. He's like this this group is not good. I just don't think it is. I mean I just haven't been very impressed by by No, I mean either. I, I'm with you. They don't they don't feel like they're, you know, we haven't seen the best of them yet. That's what it feels like. There, there's others out there. You know, sometimes I know we, we can get a little bit carried away with speed figures and stuff, but it seems like the ones that have run the big numbers are horses that are probably better. It seems like they're running the faster numbers sprinting, and it seems like sure. that's yep. what they're probably going to be better at. That doesn't mean they can't stretch out and win still, uh, like a Jackie's Warrior, mm-hmm. who, who was able to stretch his speed a little bit. But I'm not just – I don't think the Breeders' Cup Juvenile was a strong race. That's why, I, to me, the best two-year-old I've seen so far is Echo Zulu. Um, and that's and fair I, because, you know, you can look at the race that she won on Bridges Cup Day and then the race that Corniche won. And it I just... Don't, I, I don't know that... I know, I know, you know, field size and a whole lot of differences, but still, just visually even, they just didn't look the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, she ran a little bit faster, obviously on a different day, but um, yeah, not a different day, but a different, you know, different the whole whole set scenario. It's the whole the yeah. whole scenarios were different, but right. it just felt like she was faster no matter what. Anyway, I mean, Corniche ran good, you know, but it wasn't like oh wow, I you know, definitely Kentucky Derby favorite. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, just in- I, I, well, obviously there's an issue with that, but uh, yeah, among other things, and I saw he was shipped to uh, Windstar. Yeah, yeah, but that's I guess it makes sense. yeah. But, but um, if he up somewhere else, <laughs> I really consider like what a plan they eh? they're gonna have to have a plan, and unless I mean, there's there's some outside interference 
information, something that we don't know about that would put that barn in the game again. I don't know. It's it possible. doesn't. It, everyone seems to say the same thing. We'll deal with that problem when we get to it, though. Um, it's, it's coming. It's almost <laughs> December, so. Right. <laughs> you know, we're, we're maybe 60 days away from having to make a decision. But, uh, but that, like I said last week, that is going to be the biggest story in thoroughbred racing in this country. Be, right? Uh, by 100 lengths. By 100 lengths. And every time derby preps are run, that's going to be a story. <laughs> um, and like it or not, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a. Right. Because if he, let's just topic. say, you know, that it's able to go off and, and he's able to, to run horses for whatever reason, then they're going to say it. If he's not, then they'll be like, oh, well, this horse is transferred to so-and-so because of. And yeah. it's just going to be a spectacle either way. So there's no way around it. Now, it is going to loom large over the Triple Crown, and the Triple Crown is always something that, of course, is uh, the biggest newsmaker in thoroughbred horse racing in North America. Um, North of the border, Pink (laughs) Lloyd went out a winner, which was kind of cool to see. Solid horse, man. Just, I think it was his 26th win. (laughs) 20-something stake races. Just uh, a tough old boy, man. Tough old boy. Won the Kennedy Road. Kennedy Looked Road. Good doing it, too. He, he kind of reached back because he, he really was kind of so-so Yeah, until that last race. But he was he was cranked up. He wanted to win. Yeah, he did. Cool. Robert Tiller had him, had him ready, and he, he knows where the wire is, that's for sure. Kennedy Road actually, I think, ran second to Secretariat and Secretariat's last start in Canada at Woodbine. On the turf, correct? Mm-hmm. On the turf. Eddie Maple in the saddle. Um, the Hollywood, excuse me, the Delmar races, I didn't think the Hollywood Derby was. I don't know why that's a grade one race. <laughs> I don't think it should have been this year. I mean, that was not a very good field. No. For a grade one race. You know what it felt like at Delmar? It felt like it, it was like the the consolation races for Breeders' Cup, right? Like, um, they, they just felt like consolation. Right. It's like, oh, well, we got a couple grade ones, so... <laughs> Let's... Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's just hard to explain. I know what you mean, though. It it's you know, it was like, all right, well, these fields aren't really Grade One fields, but we got them, so we're gonna run them. Yeah, and I'm sure all the West Coast people are like, oh, you guys are biased. Not really, because the 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 turf racing out west hasn't been good for a while, anyway. So, hence the reason why Regal Glory did what Regal Glory does, right? Stress free, and Zofelli runs second, like (laughs) the whole race. They ran one two. 
Yeah, we, we had some new faces winning races in New York. Uh, Reeve McGay. Yeah. Doug's son won the Comley. Bees and Honey is his first stake win. Really nice. He's a nice. He's a nice kid. He really is, and he works hard. And uh, it was good to see him win. With our man Jay Les Jay Bitus and Lescano. Fall Highway Mike Catalano. Mm-hmm. Years he's been training. Fall Highway, by the way. <laughs> Someone said you shouldn't call it the Fall Highway anymore. They should. Call it the false scale. Nobody cares <laughs> much. <way. laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> um, like had an unbelievable year, just unbelievable. Continued by winning the autumn days. Um, Upset change of control. A Fed. She, she should get points for what stake with a Fed. Um, <laughs> didn't know that was possible. You know, we talked about Miles D before. Uh, Grand Motion, not two. Been in the central. Dice for both of us. Uh, this winter, we just. I see Jose Ortiz is going to stay in New York at uh, Rosario. Johnny V going to San Anita. So, uh, you know, that New York is, is uh, splitting up a little bit. Yeah. It's spreading around. Yeah. I, I don't know. Feeling... I, I always think plans change, though. <laughs> I feel like Jose might still wind up spending a lot of time in, 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 on the road. Yeah. Because Aqueduct's purses are nice. But it's still winter racing, and... And all the good horses are gone. He's not really losing any stakes mounts by leaving. Because when it comes back, he's going to pick them up anyways, right? Right, and, yeah. Uh, it's peculiar, that move, to be honest. I, I didn't understand it. I think part of it has to do with Goldstream. Just the purses just aren't that great. And uh, to be frank, I don't know how much turf racing you're going to have there this year. It's possible that uh, that there's a lot. Be a big change. That would be a really so. Man, I, I know. Like last year, or maybe the year before, it was like literally like most days you had more turf races <laughs> than dirt during the championship meet. Most yeah. days, yeah. Uh, at least weekend, right? And. Starting off at zero. Mm. Not so. Turf course ready for and we. Well, you never see, but I just. Can't I'll put in a call. I'll put in a call. <laughs> Mother name. Yeah. No rain. The grass people. Yeah, uh, the, the spray painters. Yeah. Sherman Williams. <laughs> I just um think what course is going to be able to handle that kind of um that kind of wearing you know you the course in half. And right. now you the have inside out have the synthetic races and of course there'll be synthetic races, but 
I think the synthetic thing. Pretty added before about it, isn't it? Uh, like synthetic radio. I think that um, it's really outside of having uh, slightly lower fatality numbers. It really helps that that uh, you know, helps your field size a little bit coming off the turf. You don't write any turf races that come off. Then it's new here, but it's not new, and that's the thing that it's only new here, it's not new to racing. And I don't know what kind of races, probably to Peter, yeah. wherever the hell it's called. I just think that. Uh, you're going to see a lot fewer turf races. And I just, it's hard for me to, to, to say that's a. Doesn't seem like it on the surface. <laughs> Again, hope I'm wrong. Um, the real question is, are they going to have an outdoor tote board? It's not going to. Unless they're. And then tomorrow, we'll start out there right now. But um, yeah, that, it sure doesn't look like it's going to be ready opening weekend. Maybe by, maybe by the, the New Year's. I don't know. January, huh? Yeah. Sir. It'd be nice though. <laughs> yeah, when it's up. <laughs> Have a, a development in about uh, the Triple Crown and, and the road to the Triple Crown. And that the Arkansas Derby is, is moving. What do you mean? Three weeks oh, before. From... About the date. Before to five weeks before. So now the Arkansas Derby is going to be run five weeks before the Kentucky Derby. Where would that put it as far as. So that. Beginning of April? They were no yeah, or end of March. End of March, yeah. So end the same the- time basically as the Florida Derby. <laughs> right. So I mean you're not gonna get the same horses anyways. It's not like running more they're well, running less and more, but um it is uh it is I mean that's that's all I have to say about that. And um, you know, Oakland is is shifting, and um, we've talked about it all spring that the Oakland Derby preps ones should be more points. They just should. Southwest being is just it's just absurd. <laughs> it's it's absurd, and Churchill Downs. Needs to fix the, the 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 point because it just could be done better. And again, like we started off the, the whole show, why not do things? Why not? 
No. Because it's racing and we don't want to do it better. Yeah, I just don't get it, man. You know, I understand the the whole concept of, uh, and we talked about this, I think it was last week, not on the show, but privately, we were talking about groupthink and how they have no differing opinions in the room when they're, seems like when they're making these sort of decisions or non-decisions or whatever happens that they they're not they're only getting one point of view and that's that and that's horrible because it, it's just kind of pulling the ripple effect to other things and it's like you know and it's it's damaging but it's very slow and they claim not to know this but i don't know it's it's hard it, it's it's kind of at least for me it's hard to understand how they can't see the forest for the trees, you know? Well, this is an industry that hires betting experts that, that aren't actually betting experts. True. And, um, you know, like, I think the best thing, the easiest way to just to sum it up is that there was racetrack executives that didn't know why people were booing after the last race on Breeders' Cup Friday. They Man, that's a beat. Just the thought of that makes me cringe. Yeah, and that's the truth. And that that's that's the thing is I was talking to someone yesterday about this and I said this industry has such a leadership void that it's it's amazing that the jockey club is not leaders. The jockey club is like dictators and they're not <laughs> even like good dictators. And Churchill Downs like they're just like the Death Star, you know, in Star, Star Wars. <laughs> they just kind of hover around and destroy planets or tracks or, as they please. Um, the Stronic Group is first bad or whatever the hell they're called. They're all over the place. There's no real. Um, I know Aiden Butler is a good guy and and he's he's trying, but he's it, it's like he is. Um, He's not the CEO of the thing. You know, he guy that uh, that's trying really hard to do the right thing, but he's an employee. He's not a, and in leadership positions have to be someone at the top, top, top of the food chain, right? That can make the statements, that can make the moves, that can demand the things. And, and you're even seeing this within the sport itself when Kenny no and, and Kenny no would have a very difficult time operating in the 2021 world. Uh, he was gruff. He was not, uh, um, he was not politically correct. He was a tough guy, but I can guarantee you that if he was running a racetrack and you went to him and you had a problem, I have firsthand knowledge of this he would fix it and there would be no beating around the bush. It would be fixed. Well, I'm sure anybody could live with the other stuff. If he was fixing things, <laughs> you know, like, and, that, and that's the thing is now you go to racetracks and, and, um, or even the alphabet soup organizations, like who's in charge of them? Who actually is in charge? 
the Breeders' Cup has a board of about 26 people. And of course, there'll be people there that have more pull and more, you know, people that are um, been on the been on for a longer time you know there's always going to be some people that are uh you have 24 people on a board you're, you're not going to have 24 equal votes everyone has one vote but you're going to have people that, that are going to be able to build the consensus that are leaders within their group right mm-hmm. but but who is actually leading the business the breeders cup had a big screw up at their event and they put out a press release basically saying that wasn't our fault that's not leadership that's not leadership Leadership is taking it on the chin and going out and saying, hey, listen, this was kind of out of our realm, but we will take responsibility because it's our event and it's our race. And we're going to do something to make everyone who was basically ripped off whole, even if it costs us money. But they didn't do that. And there's a lot of. I think it, it, it's an, it goes on in society these days. Mm-hmm. I hear people all the time, well, you should get vaccinated because, um, you know, do it for your neighbor. Or you should do this because, you know, you're doing it for this. Or you should do that for, uh, like, what, what world are you guys living in? <laughs> or what country do you live in? Right? Like <laughs> your, neighbor's you the same. your neighbor might be the same guy who... who who dumps his garbage in your front lawn because he right. doesn't look at your political <laughs> statements, you know, or like, and, and that's the thing. It, it was to me, it, it's again, uh, and, and I'm sure people are tired, tired of hearing this, but all the politicians are, are no good. None of them. I mean, there's a couple, there's good politicians, there's good people, but as a whole, as a group, no, no, none of them are good. And, and all they're doing is making people fight themselves. You know, they're fighting among, and that's horse racing. That's horse racing. We had tracks run on the top of other tracks. It still happens. It still happens. And and we can have the symposium, right? They're having the symposium. And uh, it was very nice of, of Robert's communication to offer to, to, to show the symposium a simulcast to everybody the, the three days, uh, you know, for the uh, low, low price of $195. <laughs> That's absurd, man. That's so dumb. I got to call Canelo Alvarez and say, Canelo. <laughs> You're, you're like the biggest star. You're like an international superstar. And you're only charging 85 bucks for your fights, which are a lot more interesting than, uh, you know, the greatest stakes committee saying, well, geez, I don't know about the, you know, the Alma North handicap. Maybe we should lip, bump it up to a listed handicap. Or it's like, uh, I mean, it's a symposium. $195? Come on, man. I, I know. Oh, well, we're going to donate it to the program. That's great. That's nice. But what are you going to donate? 400 bucks because who else who's buying it yeah i was gonna say who, who who's buying that thing i don't know I, when i saw that my simulcast i was like great i'd like to check some of those things out yeah 195 dollars <laughs> what <laughs> excuse me what uh, i'm just uh, damn he's trying to stab you i'm an alumni man and i ain't giving him 195 bucks <laughs> It's just, uh, it's it's just that that's racing. That's so racing. Yeah, but you know, and I know this is gonna be like kind of cliche, but how do how do we fix it, man? I I mean, I I racked my brain a thousand times over to figure out. Well, we already know the problems. Everybody, it seems like everybody knows the problems. 
you know, even the people in charge. But it's like, well, who's who's the final straw? Who's the person that we need to convince to be like, hey, this makes a lot of sense for these reasons. Maybe we should start working towards fixing that. And I I would be okay if they took took it incrementally, you know, and and just said, all right, well, over these next four months, we're going to fix this. Or we're going to try to do this. It's not that difficult. I mean, businesses do this daily. Other businesses where they're saying, all right, well, we're going to come up with a plan to do this, this and this. Next quarter, we're going to try to do this. How come we never hear about any of that? And some things will just happen. It'll just show up and you'll be like, oh, well, okay." And it's usually something trivial that doesn't really matter much. Sure. But it's just like, well, why are they not? You know, I I understand that that horse racing itself is non-traditional as far as businesses go. There's a lot of variables involved, people, animals, whole nine. But there's some basics as far as plans and an improvement that they can follow. And we get none of that. Oh, it's that's uh, that's the truth. It's the sad truth. Well, it's just like, well, what do they do every day when they go to work? What do they do? Um, well, that's that's what I mean. It's like, I mean, I have no idea. Like, usually, you could say, all right, a CEO of, you know, said business goes in, takes care of this, takes care of that talks to this person, talks to this person, you know, over like a six month period, you can kind of figure out like what they do. Racing people at the top. No clue. No idea. Well, there's a lot of contracts and crap like that. Sure. Yeah. No, that, that's just the, you know, that that's just the nature of the beast. It's, yeah. It comes with right. the territory. I mean, racing is a complicated sport. It, 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 it's gotten to be extremely complicated when the money all shifted off track and you have uh, a lot of different fingers in the till, right? You, you, you're, when you make a dollar bet now, there's so many potential uh, people that need to be paid on that dollar depending on where you made that bet with what service you made that bet through because uh, in some cases what you know pools or what track you bet on and it's uh it's more and more complicated and, and it's it's screwed up in a lot of ways uh, so i do appreciate explain it <laughs> like you know i mean nobody no explain it right no and we can't even kind of run it back to try to figure out things like where handle actually comes from you know, you just see the numbers, but you don't know. And that number, uh, you see a, a track handles $5 million. You don't know. You used to be able to figure out with a pretty simple um, a basic equation of the state got their cut, the horseman got their cut, the track got their cut, and pretty much that was it. Yes, there was always other entities, maybe the county or the city, they maybe got a little tiny, but it was an insignificant number. Nowadays, it's hard to figure that out because, uh, like I said, depending on where you you bet, if if you're a computer-assisted wagering team, you're paying peanuts. You're paying nothing, hardly. 
So it's it's a convoluted process now to try to figure out exactly what the handle is, which is kind of bizarre, but the numbers, um, $20 million handle at one track and $20 million handle at another track don't, not the same. <laughs> in some ways, don't come close to right. compensating the horsemen and the tracks, uh, depending on, on on where that money was was bet, and and that's something that's that's just not all that interesting to talk about. And uh, there's so many unknowns, and uh, you know, I, I've heard from this person off the record about this. I've heard from that person off the record about that. And, it's still to put together the whole thing uh, would take someone with far greater investigative journalism and math skills than I. So that's not going to be forthcoming from me, but just, just know that the process, um, everything isn't always what, what it seems put it that way. I mean, just like HISA, right? You got the, Oh, we're going to fix all the, 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 the drug problems. But now next thing you know, they got to, a little, a little addendum. Oh yeah, all claiming prices will be capped at one point six percent of the price. The purse or the or the claiming uh, races are, are capped at one point six percent of the price, which is, you know, is ludicrous. You know what that reminds me of? It's like you know, for the for the listeners out there that go on uh, TikTok, see viral videos of people doing stupid stuff. Like remember those those crates. People were, yeah. were trying to walk on crates. The crate challenge. Right. And that's, this HISA thing reminds me of that. It's like, well, who thought this was a good idea? Not for the fact that it's going into motion, but just the fact that they, it was brought up as an idea and it, it actually got some serious consideration. Who thought that was a good idea? Yeah, I hate to tell you who does. Put it this way. It isn't people who run for in claiming races, or at least one. No, people. clearly not, because... <laughs> that's like the, so anti-claiming races it's it's unbelievable it, it, it just was stupid because the fact is that if, if you're going to come in and you're going to increase racetrack safety and you're going to 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 prevent horses from running that shouldn't be running and you're going to do all these checks and all this this welfare uh and and keep track of all these records and 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 pull back medication well you shouldn't need to quote unquote decrease the incentives <laughs> it's just it's silly. It just it just is it's it's kind of a form of class warfare basically. Because if the purse is uh my, my friend Rico, uh who made a great point and he said they bet just as much on the claiming race as they do on the allowance in the main yeah, race. I saw that, yeah. And, and he's right. He's right. True. The truth of the matter is the claiming purses in a lot of ways are lower than they should be if it was a quote unquote fair system where the the races that handled the most got the biggest purses, which of course will never happen. No. But but the the claiming races are in a lot of ways carrying the the five horse maiden specials and the six horse allowance races with a one to five shot. They're carrying those races. So it just was silly. And there's a lot of other stuff in that 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 really is just I know there's some people that, that want to believe it's like the, the 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 tablets, you know, the ten with the ten commandments on it. It <laughs> isn't. It's not. It's not. And there's some of the it's, stuff like the some of the the paperwork and the record 
recording stuff. It's just an enormous bureaucratic uh, debacle. <laughs> this this well, we whereabouts of the horses. Where do you think the horses are? Horses are in their stalls. <laughs> like, what do you think they they went out to meet their dealer in in, in a in an alley somewhere? I've seen that. Like, they're not people. That is a holdover from from the people. Um, you, you know, when you're following world class athletes, yes, they may go on vacation. They may go to their cousin's house. They may go and, and and you know meet with people that give them illegal drugs right you don't know where a person is right uh, a person doesn't spend 99% of their time in the same place horses are in their stalls at the track 98% of them the other ones are, are at training centers in their stalls and having language in there that says that they have the right to know where your horse is at all times, that's fine. That's fine. You're right. If the horse is a racing horse who's been racing or is about to race, then if asked, you should be or you should be willing and, and um, well, able to to say where the horse is. Period. But to, to have this every time I ship a horse to the farm, I got to fill out paperwork and give them permission. Well, legitimate reasons to go to the farm are, are meaning that the horse needs a break. I mean, just simple stuff or is hurt. And it just becomes like, if, well, if, if you just happen to to not fill out the, poor, the, the paperwork or it doesn't get sent or your Wi-Fi goes or whatever, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're looking at like a I got at a serious charge and it just is like a serious charge with, with no real value, no real benefit. And I, listen, I know there was been guys who have shipped horses off the track and had them shockwaved or had them milkshake or had them uh, done something else to them, maybe injected or shot, you know, like done something that they, they didn't want people at the track to see and then sent them back in after a day or so. Right. I know that happens. I'm not, I'm not stupid, but the thing is, we know who those people are and you should encourage them to do that and then catch them and then throw the book at them. <laughs> right. This is like, Oh, we'll catch you. Listen, let me tell you something. I don't know if, if, if you haven't figured this out, but these are not like bond supervillains we're dealing here. Okay. Did you listen to the, to, to the, the recordings, tapes, the tapes? Yeah. These are not geniuses. The thing is, there was nobody that was looking to catch anybody. There still really isn't. There still really isn't at, at most places. This is not like, uh, th this is not that, it's not that complicated. It's not that complicated. You don't need to know the whereabouts of some poor claimant that's running at Penn National. You just don't know it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. But that's how this—that's how the system gets you, right? <laughs> it's always a technicality. And you want to get Al Capone? You think there's a, an Al Capone trainer out there you want to get? You want to get him on a technicality? Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen because nope. those are the guys that'll have the 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 people, the personnel to do all that stuff. They can pay someone.
It's the other guys that can. And believe me, when anything like this is implemented, there's always going to be guys that are going to be made examples of. And a lot of those guys are going to be just good old guys that just aren't that savvy and aren't that sharp and, you know, have lived in a system for their whole life or, It's not an excuse. It's just a reality. And, and they're going to get the book thrown at them. And, and guys who are going to be smart enough to figure out how to skate around these things, they're not. And that's, and that's the sad truth of it. And the fact of the matter is that when, when you have people that are suits writing rules that are concerning non-suits <laughs> it never works out that great no it's got to be a combined effort <laughs> you know like that's another thing that boggles my mind too i mean that i think that affects businesses across the country where you have high level people making decisions that affect lower level people and they have no idea how any of it works they just want to put whatever it is in play and go from there. And then, and, and with the notion that the people on the lower end of the spectrum will be able to adjust. And that's not always fair or in the best interest of everyone. But I know this, this HISA thing, it, it's going to take time. And I mean, for it to be any kind of effective it's not going to be effective on day one. Like, you know, the residual effects of this aren't going to be seen for probably about five years. You know, there, there's, if, I was going to say, if it makes it that far there, there, or doesn't question, there's serious questions over surviving the federal court. And it's, it's almost appeal court, regardless of how, how the first round goes, but, but um, there are a lot of question marks about it. And it frustrates me because this could have been this could have been easier. And this was. And well, the reason is careful. that. We, well, you wouldn't, you know, you would basically it, it was jammed down her throat, basically like, uh, you know, when Rob masses the. T- and says, give up. And then. No, we're not giving up. And then they take. Well, you know, you gave them a chance, but they they didn't they didn't want to they didn't want re- to they didn't want to <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, compromise. <laughs> I'm no. telling you, if you had reasonable people in there and stop some of the bullshit, the policy that they they came up with, and no more Lasix and graded stakes. I could sell that to ninety five percent of the trainers because ninety don't have any horses that run it. Don't have any horses in it, <laughs> right? You live with that. Grousing, there be people crying, there be a lot. Of course, it's not perfect, but in the end, it could have done. And then what? Yes, from state to state to state. Had you got, you know, a, a, a give something too. You know, give and take on the same page and get everybody on the same side. You wouldn't have this. 
This is horse racing, man. This is not um, uh, Israel and Egypt trying to come up a peace plan. If those two countries can come up with a peace plan, then you you mean to tell me that the horsemen and and the the whoever the hell it was that was anti lasix we couldn't have come up with we didn't have to do this which which again nobody's talked about how much it's going to cost last week you asked a question about the price of something and they try reflect away from the price it's always going to be a price it's not going to sit well. Not reasonable. Otherwise, <laughs> they would tell you what the price is going to be. Or, a, or a, offer it information up front. Just something. offer that. Just say, hey, this is what it's going to cost us. <laughs> when I go to a buy and I ask the, 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 the salesman, you know, hey, how, you know, what kind of price can we get? And he's like, well, you can't afford not to have this car. It's the price that they've got on it. That means they're not coming off. You know, <laughs> that means I'm not getting a deal. That's it. And that is consistently what's been told to us. And and there's even issues now The Ed Martin from the ARCI, you know, who, who I don't always see eye to eye with. He made it that individual states are, are going to have trouble funding this. The I've already budgeted uh, two years ahead of time. That's that's how that was done and that um you know there's some of them aren't going to want to pay anything and it's just if that's the option why would they want to pay precisely and and that's that's the thing and it's major and i really don't understand why everything was having to be kind of rushed i mean this thing less than a year ago and it seems like um, I mean we're not spending the government's money right this isn't fed. why were the deadlines so so tight I, I don't know I don't know because it seems like it, it could use a lot more time things to get things set I don't think um, I don't think they'll have a choice in the end though I, I think it's gonna have to take as much time as it needs, they can't I don't rush know. deadlines. And I guess, um, I mean, I don't know how Washington really works, but I think if there's a deadline in the bill, then you meet the deadline, and that's all there is to it. Mm. So, um, I, I don't you know that that's in the end, it, it really is. Everything boils down to money. <laughs> Everything boils down to money. If it costs too damn much, it breaks everybody. It causes a bunch of tracks to go out of business and a bunch of trainers and owners to get out of the business. I mean, you're not going to shrink this thing to prosperity. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. There's too many other gambling options these days. You can't tell people you're, you're only going to have you know, quality racing on Saturday afternoons. People are going to bet something else. They're going to forget about horse racing. In a heartbeat. You know, they're going to. It's just too easy. <clears throat> it's too easy. These days, there's, the competition is so th- that uh, it's tough.
but but Gulfstream opens and you'll be here next weekend. That's right. That's the silver lining, yeah. The sniper and the breezy and mama sniper <laughs> coming to town. <laughs> The real sniper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm the sniper below the sniper. Yes. Beyond <laughs> your orders. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's ready. She's, <laughs> they're both ready. Uh, Amber's, you know, trying to, to figure out what kind of drink she can have at the track. Whatever <laughs> she wants. Exactly. That's what I told her. I was like, whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Well, the weather forecast looks good. Absolutely perfect from what I can tell. Yeah. yeah. As 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 it stands now, we're we're, we're looking at a high of 80, a low of 64 with uh, sunny skies. So doesn't get much better than that, my friend. No, sir. But it's her birthday, so you know, she she kind of has carte blanche to do whatever. I mean, it's currently 21 in Saratoga. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't even think about that. Like, I don't know what that's like anymore, and I don't want to. It's 37 in Lexington. New York is 33. Okay, it's 55 right now here, and I'm freezing. I'm in, I'm, I'm in a full sweatsuit. Arlington Heights, you know, which used to have a track, is 38. <laughs> be down to 24 today. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, it will be cool. But uh, that'll be fun, and uh, we'll have plenty to report, I'm sure, next next Monday. Oh, yeah. The big Monday show with uh, the post-claiming crown. Post- if we can get a viral video again. Oh, man. I'll get a viral video of a Breezy smacking Paco. She'd try if I told her to. <laughs> The same size, about the same size. That's the truth. <laughs> He's got this mustache. I said, "What's with the oh, mustache? what? That's new." Yeah. yeah. So what's with the mustache? He says, "I, I look like Pancho Villa." Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you look like <laughs> yeah. Pancho. That dude's crazy. You look like Pancho Villa, the horse that Lucas used to train in the eighties. Oh. <sighs> that dude's nuts. <laughs> I like Paco, man. <laughs> Oh man, you like them unless you got to ride against them. Yeah, which well, you know, we should actually invite them to the the, the, the the Pompano race that we're gonna have. I gotta talk to Gabe. I, you know, I was with announcer Pete yesterday at the football game, and I forgot to bring it up. He, he was kind of in a bad mood because his team got shellacked. But uh, uh, for a while, a little bit concerned. Did you do the waddle dance? Uh, I I didn't. I didn't want to taunt him. Oh, man. But uh, I I know a lot now about the Carolina Panthers' offensive issues. They got a guy, their offensive coordinator is a guy named Brady, not related to Tom. But Pete was very unhappy. But uh, yeah, we have to have the race. race. We got to call it the game. We we got to get this this going. I mean, this is it for Pompano. This is the last year. The greatest thing was yesterday, Pompano. Um, of course, with all the rumors that have been going around for a couple of years now about Pompano closing, uh, there's not a whole hell of a lot of 
horses that were bred down here. There was never a whole lot in the last decade anyways, but uh, Sunday they had three non-betting races. They actually had four non-betting races, but uh, the second, third, and fourth non-betting races were Florida Sire Stakes <laughs> before the you know the first race. Uh, they were all walkovers. We had three one-horse events. Nice. One by one by one. And Wally actually drove two of them, which is interesting considering it's a one-horse race and, like, you know, the trainer could drive them. Right, anybody could drive them. 5%, right? I mean, you, yeah. as long as you make it around. But uh, $17,000 purse, one-horse race. Damn. No betters, no betting. Lucky Swope couldn't have uh, hit the pick three. Right? The chariot races. Cart Cart racing. Meadowlands is open on Thursday this week, by the way. I saw that. Yeah, I saw Edison talking about that last on, on Saturday. Well, apparently no one informed Dexter Don and Yannick and uh, T-Trick. Because Where are they going to be? They won't be there. I don't know. They might be home watching a Thursday night game, but they're not going to be at the Meadowlands. You sure? Yes, sir. Not Thursday. So <laughs> next week, uh, yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Oh, yeah. We definitely will. Hopefully won't be so bitter. I'm bitter today. Maybe some video. Maybe some video. One track. Be interesting. All right, well. Appreciate your time and your candor as always, and uh, we will uh, we'll, we will actually see you. We'll see you in person. Yeah, in a few days. That's right. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, man. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you. Talk to you next week. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. I wanted to let you know that we have a weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to for free. The Going in Circles Digest. It's uh, kind of a combination newsletter, stakes preview. Um, We have some uh, restaurant reviews on there, various topics. But uh, we also have a couple um, pieces about various uh, industry topics or racing history. This last week we did a piece on the great Arazi and his spectacular move in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which uh, unfortunately was the the pinnacle of his career. But um, it's a free subscription. Go to goingincirclesdigest.substack.com and check it out. All right, the Going in Circles Digest. Thanks for listening.